back. Amen. Amen. We might sing the song here in a minute. Let it rain. Oh. <laughs> we need a drop cylinder to close some of that off. I can't, hear, I can't even hear myself think. <laughs> anyway, that's loud. You told me this yesterday. Somebody told me that when it rains in here, it's loud. It is, isn't it? I want us to um, remember... Look, I'm going to walk around now. <laughs> I want us to remember uh, Michaela. Uh, she's still in the hospital. Uh, she is doing a lot better, but they're wanting to make sure that, she, um, that she's able to eat well. She's still having some pain as she eats. Uh, I know she's doing better because she stuck her tongue out at me and, you know, you know laughed a lot. But Mama's sick now. Paige is not well. They actually admitted her into UT this morning. And so uh, probably with the same kind of um, E. coli that, that uh, the girls had experienced. But we just want to ask God to touch them and bring healing in their life. Um, if you have an unspoken request, would you just raise that hand right now and let us join together in prayer. Father, I just thank you, Jesus, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I thank you, God, that you are a miracle-working God. And Lord, as your word says, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Just as you healed before, you're able to heal now. And God, I pray that you'll touch Paige and Michaela, that you'll continue to touch their lives, bring healing. And just as you have brought Jewel and Ann through their uh, situations, God, we pray that you will continue to bring life and hope in them. Lord, just thank you for all that you've done, all that you're going to do today. We give you praise and give you glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Now look, guys, I have to behave today. Because my mom and dad showed up. Jane and Cecil Dyer, stand up and let these people look at how good you look so they'll know how good I'm going to look. So now if, if, if I get in trouble or I do something bad, you know who to blame, right? My mom always said, don't do as I do, do as I say. Well, there you go. Good to have Tim and Ann meddling. They have been a part of our ministry, uh, supporters of us in Honduras, supporters of us in ministry, and we surely love them and we're thankful. It was such a surprise to, to pull up in the parking lot this morning and see them and say, whoa, what are y'all doing here? And then I look in the back seat and there's my mom and dad. I'm like, oh boy. Here's how my parents love me. They came in last night at 7 o'clock and didn't even tell me they were in town until this morning. I don't know if they was afraid of my cooking or what. Anyway, so good, so good to be in the house, Lord. I tell you what, um, this past week has been uh, such a great week. Uh, Wednesday night, we had a great time. If you were on Wednesday night, you got to hear my testimony, a little bit about us and our ministry. On, um, on Tuesday morning at SWAT, uh, Seniors with a Testimony, God stirred, our, stirred my heart and I shared about uh, unity and the anointing. How many understand that Psalms 133, how good, how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the oil. Say, like the oil like the oil. And so, uh, unity is a display of the Old Testament anointing oil. And so we see that 
our unity brings about the anointing. And we see that more evident in Acts when, when they were all in one accord and the power of God failed. Amen? And so I, my, my prayer, my goal, my desire is to see each one of us in a spirit of unity that we can experience the, the manifest presence of God in this place. How many know that when we get on, on the same page and we get our minds focused on Him, that God can show up and the power of God can flow through this place? Amen? Amen! And I'm so excited because I believe God wants to stir a revival in this place. Amen? I tell you what, it was no more evident that, that I was at SWAT and I just, hey guys, I'm coming together uh, on Friday and I'm, gonna, I'm on Saturday at 9 o'clock and I'm going to pray. I'm praying for those who are doing ministry at the Pride uh, event in Knoxville. I'm just praying for our church, praying for our community. And guess what? Almost 20 people showed up and said, we're going to come and pray together. Amen? So when a, when a church begins to pray... Jesus said, when you pray. He didn't say if you pray, but when you pray. But you know, also, it didn't just say when you pray. It says when you fast. Now, that's a dirty word. I know that's a four-letter word, right? And I'm not talking about putting your foot on the accelerator and going fast. I'm talking about doing away with something. And so I believe that, that God's going to call us to some seasons of fasting as we begin to fight against the enemy, as we begin to war. How many know that we've got a war going on in the world? And we need to be prepared for that war and the warfare that we face. So I'm looking forward to God stirring, God moving, God preparing us as individuals for the greater plan of revival throughout our church and throughout our community. You know, unity doesn't come without... Alright, boys. Unity doesn't come without expressions of who we are. And a lot of times we don't like to express our pain. We don't like to express the dark things that have happened in our lives. We don't like to share those things. But let me tell you something. The more that we begin to share and we begin to express is the more unified we can become because Dre, then we begin to understand the, the true issues, the the deeper things and the thought patterns that we face. And, and so it, even in the anointing oil, when you look at the, the five different elements, there were a couple of bitter things that were part of the elements of the anointing. And let me tell you something. Your anointing is not complete without all of you. Somebody needs to hear that. Your anointing is not complete without all of you. In other words, it's not just the good things God's looking for. It's not just the good experiences God's looking for. He's looking for all of you because together, all of those things begin to flow together. And, and, and out of your humility, out of your passion, out of your pain becomes a true spirituality because we understand that it's in our pain that we seek God the most. We begin to seek His face and God pours through us. So this morning, I guess I'll get to preaching in a minute. Let it rain. So this morning, I want you to understand that out of your testimony, out of the life that you have lived, it is God looking for faithfulness out of you because those who are faithful, God does show up. How many know that if you'll just be faithful, God will show up? 
Amen. It may not be in the season or the time that you anticipate. Lazarus, I'm sure his sisters would have wanted him to show up, uh, Jesus to show up earlier. It doesn't always happen in your time, but if you'll be faithful, God will show up. God will manifest his presence in your situation. This morning, I want to preach to you about a message called Between the Gates. Between the Gates. And I believe that this is a word for each one of us because every one of us uh, are in a place of struggle. Every one of us are, are in a place from the, the position of where God called us from to where God wants us to be. How many believe that? I mean, if you look at throughout the, the Bible, we see over and over again different ones who are in a, in a struggle, in a fight, uh, looking and uh, in a process of God transitioning them. And this morning, I want to encourage you with this word because... I believe the same God who saw you to it will also see you through it. How many believe that? The same God who saw you to it will also see you through it. If, 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 if there's nothing else I, that you hear this morning, that God is the author and the finisher of your faith. God didn't just write a story. He didn't just start the story and say, okay, you finish it. But he's the author and the finisher of your faith. He's not the, the Godfather clock where you just push the clock and it just keeps ticking. But no, God is involved and active and wants to participate in your life. How many believe that this morning? Amen, amen. That he who began a good work in you is able to complete it. You know, what I like, I, when I read that scripture, I asked God, why did you not say, will complete it? That he who begun a good work will complete it. It says, but he is able to complete it. And I realized that, that it depends. Because it depends on are we willing to surrender our life to him? Are we willing to fully trust him? Are we willing to obey him? Are we willing to follow him through the plan? Because God has a plan for every one of us. And God wants us to follow that plan. And he will complete it if we'll surrender our life to him. He will complete his work in you. How many believe that? Amen. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12, verse 5 through 16. You know what? I forgot my glasses this morning. So it looks like uh, Peter looks like four Peters across there. Was. Uh, all right. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers and the guards before uh, the doors were keeping the, the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. Verse 10. When they were past the first and second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them at its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And Peter had come to himself and said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary and uh, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Verse 13, And Peter, as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. And when she recognized Peter's voice, uh, because her gladness she did not open the gate but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate 
But they said to her, you, you're beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, it is an angel. Now Peter continued knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Father, I pray this morning as we look into this word that you'll help us to realize there's something more. God, there's something deeper. There's something out there, God, that you have in store for us that we, uh, that we as the Apostle Paul says, I have not, a, not that I've already attained to. But Lord, there's some things in us that needs to continue pressing. There's some things in us that needs to continue moving. And I pray, God, that today that our eyes will be open, our ears attentive to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to this church today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, when I look at this, I look at the word gates. Gates represents a place of transition. A place of transition. I believe that God is stirring us. Just as uh, the Lord brought me here during this season, we don't know. We, we, we all wonder, why did Herschel leave? Well, I don't know. I love Herschel. I mean, God, why did you do such a crazy thing and move Herschel? Because he's my buddy. He's my friend. And I'm sure that you are thinking the same thing. And, and, and yet, God does things for purpose. God transitions things for purpose. And so, just as I am coming in here, we are all in a transition mode, right? We are all in this unique place. And gates represents transition. Because if I walk through the gate, I'm either uh, no longer on the outside, but I'm on the inside, right? Or vice versa. We walk through a door, we are looking for an opportunity, we're looking for a place that God's leading us, and we always pray, and God open the door, right? Or we also pray this way, God, if this is not your will, then shut the door. And so it's a place of transition. It's a place where we're longing for God to move, we're asking God's direction, we're wanting God to establish His way in us, we're wanting... Uh, Fully to be surrendered to his plan. How many of you agree with that? Yeah. So, when you look at this, not everybody understands where they are at in transition. Not everybody understands. Every, you know, I know if, if I was to ask you this morning, do you feel like God's uh, got you in a, a struggling place, a place of transition? Some of you would say, yes. God is stirring in me something and I'm just not sure what that is and I, I'm trying to find that place. Others would say, I, I don't know. I think everything's cool. And so we don't, not everybody is in that place, but God is stirring some of you in a very sincere way for a purpose that may be beyond your understanding at this moment, but God's asking you to do something. And, and, and really, when you ask that question, how do I know if I'm in transition? How do I know that I'm in that place? Well, first of all, uh, the Bible says that Peter was in prison. Now, if I go back and I look at the scripture, even in verse 1 through verse 4, we see that Herod had just killed, uh, had James killed, and, and, uh, and, and, and it pleased all of the crowd. It pleased all of the a pharisaical religious crowd and so therefore because he saw that it pleased them he went and uh, grabbed up Peter and he was probably going to do the same thing to Peter but because it was the day of unleavened bread uh, he was holding off isn't it unique that Jesus uh, said be careful of the leaven of the Pharisees everybody get that so you got to be careful who you listen to 
And, and then you also have to be careful just because uh, people start clapping their hands for you, you better be careful of the praise of men. Because Herod had gotten adre- got this adrenaline because, oh man, look what I've done. These people love me. They care about me. And he was just out for the praise of man. So therefore, he captured Peter, put him in prison, and was going to bring him out before the people. But prison uh, represents a, a place of struggle. It represents a place of frustration. How many have been frustrated in your life? Yeah. Some of you. Some of you have been frustrated with the person beside you. <laughs> <clears throat> Careful, Bonnie. Um, and so, prison is a place of frustration. It's a place of, of containment. And so, some of us know that we're in a transition because we're frustrated. We're frustrated with where we are because we know that God has more for us. We know we've experienced God's presence in the past and we're just somewhere on a plateau or somewhere stuck and we feel like, God, why am I in this place? Why am I not feeling what I used to feel? Why am I not experiencing what I used to experience? And so we feel like, there's, we feel like we're in prison, confined, bound. Uh, and the, the Word of God says that, they were, that He was bound by two chains. I don't know about you, but chains represents things that hinder or things that hold us back. And, and, and reality is, is that there's things in our life that hold us back. How many have had some things in your life to hold you back? Right? I mean, sometimes we use our past to hold us back. Right? Well, you know, this is what I used to do. and This is how I used to be. Why would God use me now? And, and, and we use the past to hinder us from moving forward. But I, I like uh, Elisha who took his past. You know, he took the old cart and he cut it up and he, th- and he made a fire with it. And the, that was the fire for the sacrifice that he would make to represent that he was going to follow God. Come on, somebody. So your past doesn't have to be a chain to hold you back. It can be the fuel that fires your future if you will trust God in the midst of your pain. Amen? Amen. So not only was he bound, and some of us sometimes feel bound. Sometimes we're, we're bound by experiences, bound by hurt, bound by bitterness, bound by unforgiveness, bound by things that have uh, caused us to slip up. But the fact is, is we don't have to continue walking bound. And not only was he bound, but the Bible says that there were two guards on each side. Now, how many know that uh, guards remind you of your past? There are times that I'm bound and somebody's always pointing, well, you used to do that. That ain't fun, is it? I don't like it when people remind me of who I used to be all the time. You know, in, in small communities, uh, there, a lot of times people are afraid to, to come to church because their, their mind says, well, they, just, they know who I am. You know, they'll just judge me because they know who I, all that I've ever been. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Maryville Mar- ain't that small anymore, but, but some of y'all been around a while. Some of y'all got some mileage. One, one preacher the other day said, y'all been using the oil of delay. <laughs> y'all looking good. <laughs> and, and, and the fact is, is that it's true. Sometimes we feel so frustrated because we run into people who only knew us who we used to be. And, and, and all they remember about us is that old life. And so it's a constant reminder of the chains that we once bore. So prison is a place of frustration. It's a place of being bound. 
It's a place of constant reminders of who you used to be. But yet, in the midst of this, in the midst of this prison feeling, the Bible says that Paul was a, a Peter was asleep. Now, this rain keeps going. I might be asleep. All I need is a hammock, boy. Whoo, that sounds good. Don't you love rain? Rain. Yes, y'all can take y'all's nap after this is over. But asleep. Now, I want you to understand. When it says that Peter was asleep, it doesn't mean that Peter was lazy. It doesn't mean that Peter was tired. I mean, have you ever met somebody that every time you ask them how they're doing, I'm just tired. I've met a few people like that. I'm thinking, do you ever have energy? I mean, you ask them at 7 o'clock in the morning, how you doing? Tard. You ask them at 7 o'clock at night, how you doing? Tard. I'm like, come on, you need a burst of coffee or something. We've got to give you some adrenaline, <laughs> right? Tired. It's not, then that's not Paul, uh, Peter, because Peter was one who was very energetic. He was, when Jesus told them to, uh, walking on the water, Jesus said, come. Who was it that jumped out of the boat? It was Peter. I mean, dude, he's going to be out there. He's going to be the first one. He's going to be, he's going to get the first dip, right? Let me get in, Lord. Cannonball, you know. Hey, let me get in. Not only that, I mean, when you look at even after the resurrection, it was Peter by himself that grabbed the nets of fish and drugged them in by himself. Peter was not lazy. Peter was not tired. Peter was one who was aggressive. He was active. He was sometimes so aggressive that his mouth got him in trouble. Right? But you know what's unique is that Peter was able to rest in the midst of his confinement, in the midst of his circumstances, in the midst of his opposition. He was able to rest more on the Word of God than the circumstances that he was facing. How many know that God's given us a Word? And when he, we can find hope in that Word. We can find rest in that Word. He's able to rest knowing that that he has a word from God Almighty, and that word from God will sustain him. That word from God will hold him and keep him. Because, look, Peter was on the boat when the storm was rising up, when the storm was raging. He was on the boat when Jesus said, Peace be still. How many know that God uh, didn't say, Peace be still, uh, completely just for the storm? He said, Peace, because the people in the boat needed to hear a word of peace. And he said, Be still, because he calmed the storm. And, and God wants to speak some peace in the midst of your storm. He wants to speak some peace in the midst of your circumstances. And, and if you'll just let the peace of God pass uh, over you, then you can also find rest in the midst of the chaos that's around you. And in due season, God will say, Be still, storm. Amen. So Peter was so confident in the word over his life. That he wasn't just asleep, he was deep asleep. I mean, look, the, the Bible says that the angel had to slap him. Now look, my, my daughter has a piece of evidence. Isn't it good to have my whole family here today? All my kids are here today. And I, this straggler came in too. He, he, he rode with the crowd, I don't know. Joey Beard from... Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. His dad is the drummer at Calvary Hill Church of God. His granddaddy led worship at Calvary Hill for many years. And uh, he is affectionately fond of my daughter. And I'm thinking about it. (laughs) 
He's here, isn't he? I just... <laughs> so he was asleep. And, and so my daughter has this stuff on me because when we were in Honduras, evidently, when I gain a, a few extra pounds, kind of like this right now, I snore. And don't you start laughing. You might snore too. So she texts her mom at 2 o'clock in the morning and says, I can't sleep because daddy's snoring. And she didn't just, she just didn't text mama. She went over and took the tape recorder and <laughs> listen. Peter was so confident in the word of God that he was sound asleep. He was sleeping so hard that the, that the angel of the Lord, even though the angel of the Lord was standing beside him and the light shone around. Now look, when light enters the room, guess what my eyes do? Right? But Peter was so asleep that even the light didn't wake him up. The angel had to, get up boy, had to smack him a little bit. It didn't say, oh it was a soft touch. Oh he touched me. Yes, he touched. No. no, the angel struck him. Had to wake him up. Get up, boy. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, even in our prison gates, we can find rest in the Lord. We can find peace in the midst of our storm. The next point is this. Some gates open for us. Verse 10 says, When they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city which opened to them of its own accord. Wow. When God opens a gate, it's to increase our faith, not to create a pattern. When God opens a door, it's to increase our faith, not to create a pattern. You know, so many times we get paralyzed at one experience, not understanding that God did something for us to awaken us, to, to help us to get out of where we were. And, 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 and so many times we get paralyzed by yesterday's experiences. I mean, understand that. I mean, when I think about that, I mean, it's kind of like in Israel they were being attacked by serpents and it was striking the people, they were being killed, and so they made a brazen serpent, right? They made a bronze serpent. And as, as the people looked to that serpent, uh, they were healed. And, and so later on, we find that that same serpent that healed them in the past had become an idol to them in the future, and they had to destroy that idol. Amen? And I think sometimes that we have experienced God in a time frame or in a, in a season, and we have seen God move, and it has been transformative to us. And we begin to idolize that movement. It's kind of like uh, there was a time, I remember one, one lady brought a swimming pool out at the church. We'd been singing, come on and walk on the water with me, right? And, and the Spirit of God moved during that song, and, and it got so religious that, that, that we sang it every Sunday. And it got so religious that they brought a pool out and set the water on the thing, and, and they'd take people and say, come on and walk on the water with me. I'm like, come on, guys. Can God not move some other way? Is there not a different song that we can sing? And sometimes we get caught up and paralyzed by an experience because 
If God did it that way, then that must be the way that God has to do it every time. And so we start looking for formulas and patterns. And we say, God, well, you know, if, if God did this and we did that, and, 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 and this is how it has to be. So we got to do that every single time so we can get that one move of God just one more time. And sometimes we get stuck in that mentality. I mean, if you look at Deuteronomy chapter 11 and 2, he, he says this, not this Know this day that I am not speaking with your sons who have not known, who have not seen the, the discipline of the Lord your God, His greatness, His mighty hand, and His outreached arm. Sometimes God speaks to us to awaken us, and we're like, yeah, that's for that new generation, because we have our experience. And yet all along, God said, look, they haven't seen my mighty hand. They haven't seen the move of God. They haven't experienced all that you've experienced. I mean, I hear the stories of, of Brush Harbor meetings. I hear the stories of, of uh, past revivals in sawdust floors with a potbelly stove and how people were worshiping God, how people literally pulled out uh, coals from the fire and it didn't burn them, how they would dance around the stove in an, an utter a bliss, uh, worshiping God, never getting burned, never experiencing pain or never experiencing any of the hardship. And I'm thinking, I didn't experience that. But you know what I did experience? Because I didn't, you know, I wasn't as old as them. So I, what I did experience is I experienced the move of God at Belton Church of God when I was a young boy of women who would get so excited of God and they'd begin to shout and they'd begin to dance and those Bobby begins a bit to fly and they'd woo and they'd run and they'd dance in the Lord. I experienced that. I experienced the power of God flowing down on me so heavy that one service I literally walked from the back of the church or crawled from the back of the church to the front church on my hands and knees saying, God, I just can't handle anymore. You're too good. You're too glorious. I just can't handle the weight of this anymore. God, I love you, but I can't handle it, God. And the thing is, is that our young people, we wonder why they're not growing, why they're not vibrant, why are they not experiencing what we experience? Because we're not still walking in what we experienced. Woo! Jesus. So I appreciate revivals of the past. I appreciate all the things that... that T.O. Lowry did with his big old Bible coming in and slapping people on the head and knocking them out with the power of God and the Bible. I appreciate healing revivals. I appreciate all of the various moves of God that has happened from Brownsville to Toronto uh, to all the historical revivals that we can experience. But God is the same God today as He was in those revivals. If He can do it there, He can do it here. He wants to move again amongst His people. Jesus, help us. So I thank God for those who have gone before us. But let me tell you something. Revival is not a sound of music. Revival is not a style of preaching. Look, if you look at... Uh, Brother Sam Youngblood, you look at Hubert McGarity, you look at uh, Herschel Baker and Paul Dyer, we all are different. 
It's not a style of preaching. It's not a style of worship that God's looking for. He's looking for a heart who will seek his face. He said, if you'll seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. He's looking for people who are hungry enough to set aside things of the world and say, I want more of God. I want more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's all about God. So when we look at the scripture, we have to be ready. Because when the angel of the Lord awoke him, he had to be ready. Put on your garment. Put on your shoes. So many times we're in our spiritual, uh, we're spiritual lackadaisiness. I mean, we're mediocre sitting on the couch spiritually. And we got our, you know, our shorts and t-shirt on. And we're flipping the channels of spiritual life. And God's saying, would you get ready? Because when I move, I need you to be able to move. When I call, I need you to be able to go. Well, Lord, let me get ready. No, be ready. Don't, don't say, let me get ready. Be ready. Be ready for what God is calling us to do. Get up and get your shoes on. So we have to be ready. We have to be willing. Let me tell you something. Not everybody's willing to move forward. Amen? Some people are super happy where they are in their spiritual life. How many know that the, that, that, <laughs> that the prison's comfortable for some people? Get three square meals in the bed, man. We're happy. Cable TV. They're fighting to get in there. <laughs> Some people are happy being confined. It's, it's confining, but we got what we need. And yet God's saying there's more. There's more. So we have to be willing to move forward. We have to be willing to follow God. We have to be willing to continue to seek his face you have to be able able to believe God look I mean here he was he wasn't even sure if what was going on around him was even real but when when the angel Lord says get up he got up when the angel Lord says put on your garment he put on his garment and he followed I mean you, you got to be able to one believe God for those who come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him we've got to believe God we also have to be willing to follow God. We have to be willing to trust God, even when we don't understand. God, you've got to, I'm going to put this fleece out here, and if you, don't, if you don't help me understand this, I'm not doing it. Look, I understand when Moses said, Lord, I don't want to go anywhere that you're not already there, that you're not going with me. I understand that. But we also have to be like Abraham, who God says, leave Ur of Chaldees and go to a place I'm telling you because there's times you're going to have to pick up your stakes of your life and you'll say, okay, God, where am, I, where am I doing? Where am I going? How am I going to do this? And God said, just follow me. And you've got to be willing to trust God in the process. Amen? Ooh, Lord, help us. Amen. Some gates require a knock. In other words... Sometimes we've we got to move. We've got to have some movement, some action. I mean, you know, my, my son, uh, all my kids love music, but I'm going to pick on you. I know. Come here. This little guy right here, man, when the, as soon as, when he was like five years old, we stepped out of, of a restaurant in Honduras, and, and Latinos like it loud, right? And they like a good beat. And so as soon as, as soon as we walked out of the restaurant, the beat hit. And you could see him. I mean, it's like it jerked him. 
And it never stepped after that. The Spirit of God has to move you. You have to be willing to move and flow in Him. Amen? And you've got to be willing to flow. You've got to be willing to, to do something. I mean, look, too many times we're sitting around blaming, uh, blaming other people, right? Well, uh, this didn't go right today. You know, the, the speaker, the rain, it was too loud. Couldn't hear nothing. You know? we, we blame other people for our own lack of spirituality. But look, let me tell you something. You have a personal relationship with God. God can meet you by yourself. He can pour out His Spirit on you by yourself. And so look, don't blame anybody else for your lack of movement. God wants you to flow in Him. He wants you to experience Him. We can't, some people say, well, I'm just waiting on God. Look, God's going to move past you. It's time you get up. I mean, look, the Lord done passed by four or five times, and you're still sitting there while I'm just waiting on God. Look, I mean, do you need God to smack you too? I mean, when we recognize that God is moving around us, why are we waiting for somebody else to, to do something before we jump in? Jump in. It just might be that you're jumping, it sparks a flame that begins to set a fire in somebody else. And it just might be that you're jumping, smacks somebody else around, and they get excited. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Dre, go get on that pen, or somebody get on that pen. We got um, Kentucky Fried Chicken, something's calling us, I don't know. The thing is, is God wants, God has something for you specifically right here. And you know, what's, what's unique to me is, I'm going to have a name badge day. Is that all right? Everybody all cool having a name badge day? Because I look around and, and some of you are disconnected. Some of you attend here and, and you love this church. This is your home. But I ask you, what's so-and-so's name? I don't know. And you think, I'm having a hard time. Come on, somebody. And we've got to get connected. And the only way to get connected is to be engaged. If you're waiting on somebody to connect you, then you'll never be connected. If you're waiting on somebody to get you involved, you'll never be involved. But if you feel like this is the place where God has led you to be, and I believe that is true, then let's get active. Let's start moving. Let's see what God's doing around us, and let's get engaged in it. And if we just get engaged, it might be that somebody else says, man, what are you doing? I like what you're doing. Can I be a part of that? Absolutely. And you get engaged, you get connected. And sadly, as some of, some of us have sat at the gate, and, and though God has brought us here, we've, we've seen the hand of God, how He led us here, but we're still standing at the gate. And we're still waiting. God, what do you want me to do here? I'm here. What do you want me to do? I'm sitting on the pew. I'm, 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 I'm going to Sunday school class. I'm, I'm here, but you haven't found that niche, that place. And you've been struggling. You've been...
stirred about it. You've been wondering, God, if this is all there is, but just sitting on a pew, then is this where I'm supposed to be? And God is saying, there's so much more that you can do in this place. There's so much more that you can be a part of. There's so many things. Look, I've been in service after service. I've been to camp meetings where the music was beautiful and the messages were awesome and I've walked away with nothing. I've walked away empty and wondered, God, why did I even go? Why was I there? Why did I spend the money? Why did I sacrifice the time to go and see something and I'd walk away empty? And I believe that so many times we're, we're standing at the door but we're afraid to knock. We see it. We, we have this stirring. We know there's something that God wants us to do. And, and yet we're afraid to step through. We're afraid to knock. We're afraid to ask. We're afraid to walk through. And God's saying, well, you just knock on the door. You have not because you ask not. God's saying, well, you just follow through. The thing is, is that no move of God comes without a release of sound. I mean, even Jesus himself, when he comes back, says he'll come back with a shout. Right? And some of us have lost our shout. We can get on TV and we can, and we can watch a football game and we can paint our face and we can wear all kind of funny colors. And we can get excited and we can... Get all energetic about our football team. But how much more? How much more do we realize that we're on a winning team that's not a seasonal game, but it's a game of life? How much shout should we have because we're victorious in Christ Jesus? How much praise should we have because our quarterback is winning the game? It should be a stirring in us. It should be a stirring. And just waiting on you to speak the words. It's not just saying anything. It's not some name it and claim it, you know, blab it and grab it kind of movement. But even in Ezekiel, we see where even the prophet who spoke over the dry bones was only saying what he was told to say. Even Jesus declared that he was speaking what the Father had spoke. And so when we get in tune with God and we open our ears to what God is saying, there's some words that God's going to give us. There's some things that God's going to put in you, some seeds of faith and hope, and He's expecting you to speak them out. If you hold them back, you will never move forward. But look, let me, tell you, let me put it this way. No one else can move your mountains but you. No one else can... Call out their mountain. He says, if you'll say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, it shall be done. No one can move your mountain but you. You can't wait on somebody else to say, will you help me move my mountain? Mm. The same power of God that raised Jesus from the grave indwells you to empower you You've been empowered. You've been anointed. You've been appointed for such a time as this. God wants your words to speak out. God wants you to speak 
and prophesy to your mountain, be thou removed. And with your sound, your mountain moves. With your sound, your situation clears. With your sound, God begins to open doors. The sound is powerful. Amen. How many believe that? Sound is powerful. But you know, I don't know where you are in your situation of life. Maybe you have been shouting. Maybe you've been knocking. And maybe you feel like Peter. You've been at the door. You've been knocking and somebody's come and looked and they walked away and left you at the gate. And how many know that could be discouraging? Maybe you've been discouraged. And you're wondering, God, what now? I knocked. I knocked. I said, here I am. And they came to the gate and they left me here. My encouragement to you is keep on knocking. There's something about persistence in Christ. Keep on knocking. Keep on believing. Keep on seeking. Keep on being filled. Keep on experiencing God. Because at the right moment, everybody's going to be astonished. Because you've walked into the gate. <laughs> this morning, if that's you, say, Pastor, I've been discouraged. I know God has something for me. I know that the Lord has put purpose in me. But somewhere in this process, I've been delayed, detained, or chained. And I'm discouraged. And I'm wondering what's the next move? Where, what's the next process? What's going to happen next? And I'm a little frustrated by it. And I need a touch of God today. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right where you are? Yes. Amen. Amen. What I want to ask this morning. Because I believe there's more. There's several who raise their hand. But I believe there's more. Because I believe there's not only a frustration, but... There's some of you who are in this room who you've plateaued in your spiritual life. You remember the revivals of the past. You remember the, the power of God flowing down. You remember the shouting moments. And maybe it's, maybe it's the fact that your body just won't do that anymore. Or maybe it's just that time and seasons have passed and you've weathered some storms and you don't feel the same way as you used to feel. But you know God still moves and you're hungry for a move of God. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand this morning. Amen. 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 Can we stand? As a sign of unity, I know that some of you are visitors. I know that some, you know, may not know how we operate. I'm still learning too. <laughs> As a sign of unity, those who raised their hands and those who didn't, can we come together this morning and can we close this prayer as a commitment to say, God, we 
want to see you move again in this house. We want to see the miraculous take place again. We may be a hundred years old as a church next year. And I guarantee you that some of you have experienced revivals that, are, that would blow our minds of what God has done. And I believe God wants to do something fresh and an anointing to flow once again. Would you join me? Would you come? Can we believe together for once again a move You are my God, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, that's all right. Thank you, Jesus. This is what I'm asking. I'm asking, will you commit yourself to prayer? I mean, no, prayer changes things. In verse 5 of Acts chapter 12, he had been imprisoned, but the people were consistently or constantly in prayer for him. Look, deliverance happens if we'll be consistent in our prayer. And so I'm asking, will you commit yourself to prayer? Will you believe for a move of God once again? I'm going to ask for a commitment to connect. If, if you have not attended a fellowship event, if you have not been connected, would you attend a fellowship event? Will you come and get to know one another? Because once you get to know each other, you know your pain, your past, you know your praise, and what God's going to do. Amen? We're praying for connectivity. Because when God's people are connected... Where one can cast a thousand, two can cast ten thousand. Can you imagine what we can do as a body together? We can impact. We don't have to wait for one other church to pop up. We can be that church. We can be that people. Prayer. Connectivity. Commitment. Will you commit yourself to being here? We need you. Matter of fact, when we close this service, I'm going to ask you, if you know of three people that you're missing this morning, I want you to text them or call them. Say, we're missing you. Where you at, boy? Let them know we need them here. Because we are, we, look, we're only as good as we are complete. Because every one of us has different gifts and talents. We are together. And I believe when we are connected and committed and we're seeking the face of God, we cannot contain what God's going to do for this church. Amen? Amen. If you will just touch a shoulder or arm of somebody beside you, let's agree together. Father, God, I'm so thankful that you have allowed us to be a part of this great church. And Lord, I'm so thankful for revivals that have transformed our lives I'm so thankful for the move of God 
through seasons and styles, through different types of music that have, that have completely stirred us and have awakened us and caused us to have a shout and a praise. And Lord, I pray that if somewhere along the way we have been discouraged, if somewhere along the way we have been bound or a chain has held us back, I pray in the name of Jesus that everything that has been spoken against us will be broken. God, that you will curse every, every curse of the enemy that has, that has caused us to be hindered in Jesus' name. Loose us and set us free. Bind us to the plan of Jesus. Bind us to the purpose of God. Bind this church, Lord, to your perfect will that this place may be the lighthouse in this community and in this county, God. Lord, I pray for a fresh fire to fall on us. A fresh stirring, God. Lord, just as we prayed Saturday morning, we felt a beautiful presence and prophetic words begin to be spoken. Dreams were shared, God. I pray that you are the promise keeper, God. That just as you give vision, God, you will complete your vision, God. And you will make provisions for it to take place. God, I pray that individually as people in this room who have been praying and seeking the face of God, Lord, have come up against obstacles, and God, you have given them a fresh word. I pray that you will complete that word in them, Lord. Lord, I pray for individual and corporate revival to flow through this house. God, I pray that you will begin to stir a hunger for prayer, a hunger for your word, a hunger for harvest, a hunger for service, God. And Lord, may we humble ourselves before you that we may be the servants of God used by you in this kingdom process. Lord, God, we today commit to keep on knocking. Keep on knocking. Just as you, as your word tells us that you stand at the door and you knock. And if we'll just open the door, God, you will come in and you will commune with us and we with you. Lord, I pray that we will not be discouraged in the knocking, but God, that we'll keep on knocking. We'll keep on believing, preparing ourselves and being ready for the purpose. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you, God, for everyone in this room. And Lord, I'm just believing for more. More of your presence. More of you. In Jesus' name. Can you say the word more with me? More. Say it again. More. That's